Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. The water mixing. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a Grim Reading. A little brother and sister were once playing by a well, and while they were thus playing, they both fell in. Uh-oh. Already off to a bad start. It's about to get worse, because okay. a water nixie lived down below, who said, Now I have got you, now you shall work hard for me, and carried them off with her. I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> Save them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> She gave the girl dirty, tangled flax to spin, and she had to fetch water in a bucket with a hole in it. And the boy had to hew down a tree with a blunt axe, and they got nothing to eat but dumplings as hard as stones. That sounds awful. That's rubbish, isn't it? That's rubbish. And also, there's trees growing down there. (laughs) (laughs) So they're they're having a terrible time down there. It sounds like it. So, at last, the children became so impatient that they waited until one Sunday when the Nixie was at church and <laughs> ran away. Oh, religious Nixie. They ran away? Okay. Yeah, they've run out of the well. But when church was over, the Nixie saw that the birds had flown and followed them with great strides. The children saw her from afar, and the girl threw a brush behind her, which formed an immense hill of bristles with thousands and thousands of spikes over which the Nixie was forced to scramble with great difficulty. At last, however, she got over. What? What? <laughs> She threw a brush and it formed a mountain. When the children saw this, the boy threw behind him a comb which made a great hill of combs with a thousand times a thousand teeth. But the Nixie managed to keep herself steady on them and at last crossed over that also. Whoa. That's a million teeth, just for anyone wondering. That's a lot of teeth. (laughs) Good quick math. (laughs) Quick math. Then the girl threw behind her a looking glass which formed a hill of mirrors and was so slippery that it was impossible for the Nixie to cross it. Then she thought, I will go home quickly and fetch my axe and cut the hill of glass in half. Long before she returned, however, and had hewn through the glass, she's just smashing out the glass, the children had escaped to a great distance, and the water nixie was obliged to retreat to her well again. The end. short punchy one that was it that was it that was the whole story that's all you're getting join us next time (laughs) i can't remember the last time we had a story that short i think that's definitely one of the shortest ones yeah might even be the shortest i think it might yeah might take the biscuit i think that is the shortest one the shortest biscuit um (laughs) but we got a little bit of a transformation chase adam right kind of kind of the 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 chaser and the chasey yeah. didn't transform, but yes. objects did. A brush becomes a mountain. That's uh, true. A brush became a hill. Yeah. Cone became a mountain. 
and a looking glass became a mountain. Became a hill. Oh, was that a hill? <laughs> yeah, it was a hill of mirrors. I kept, uh, I, ha- I had to make a note. I had to underline hill because I kept saying hall of mirrors. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah, when I first read it, I thought a hall of mirrors, it was a yeah. hall of mirrors. So she was like, oh, <laughs> see, that's, that's a more yeah. uh, visually interesting, <laughs> perhaps. Oh, I, li- I like a hill of mirrors. So she's like scrambling up them, but sliding down because yeah. it's slippery. That's and true. then she's smashing it up. Yeah. So, okay. So at least the hunted are throwing stuff that's transforming. Yeah. That's not perhaps similar to the transformation chase in The Thief and His Master, but it is similar to Sweetheart Roland. Do you remember? They turn themselves into a river and a That's thorn bush, right. and they're being chased by a witch. That's true. I hadn't actually thought about that. So that, I mean, uh, it's utterly impenetrable, the story. But it really, really is. There's not much to grab onto there. Yeah, and also it mostly involved what you'd use to get ready in the morning, like hairbrushes and then a mirror. Hairbrush, a comb and a yeah. looking glass. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Really pushing it. Yeah, go on. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. How tortured is this going to be? I cannot wait. I was really like, yesterday, I was like, <laughs> what am I going to say? <laughs> yeah. What does this mean? Maybe it's like a kind of punishment for vanity. I, I almost imagine someone like brushing their hair in the mirror. And mm-hmm. then if you like go in their mind to the deepest part of their psyche, you've got this weird situation where they're almost keeping something at bay with these tools of vanity. Right. Or, you know, it might be the opposite of that. It might be, you know, you've spent all day cutting down trees, spinning flax, and then in the evening you kind of throw away the daily drudgery when you're, like, dolling yourself up to go out in the evening. Yeah. Right? Maybe it's the way of... But where does the punishment bit come in? Where does the... Maybe a better way of thinking of it is that, yeah, you're kind of... The water nixie's representing... The like, yeah, daily drudgery of life, yeah. you know, doing your jobs. And, and then you're banishing yeah. her with your comb and your mirror when you're getting ready. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah. That's, That's my theory, Adam. Fantastic theory. That's my tortured and theory. it is watertight. <laughs> Water Nixie type. Water Nixie type. <laughs> I mean, no, I do like it. I, I guess I have one main question, which hopefully should be an easy one to answer. Mm. What <laughs> is a Water Nixie? Because I haven't asked it yet. What is that? Well, so when you chose the story, you said, I want to know what a water nixie is. Yeah, so let's double down on that. What is a water nixie? Well, I'm not going to tell you. No, why not? Because Jacob Grimm is. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) That's right. For one night only. I look to the door. In comes Jacob Grimm. (laughs) For the camera crew. (laughs) We've arranged for you for one day only. In... uh, in 1835, Jacob Grimm mm-hmm. published the book Deutsch Mythology, German mythology, which was an attempt to document Germanic mythology, cataloguing beliefs and myths from the earliest times to the modern era, yeah. to, to his contemporary era. And I found a version in English from 1883. So we can hear from the man himself what he thinks about water nexies. I can't wait. From the horse's mouth. So a little background, just to give you some foundations. A nixie is female, and okay. a nix is male. Ah, okay. Okay. And uh, Jacob classifies them as water sprites. So they come under the water ah, sprite category. I've heard of water sprites. Yeah. <laughs> Have you? I think so, yeah. So, he says, quote, Water sprites have many things in common with mountain sprites, but also some peculiar to themselves. He goes on then to describe uh, the nix, the male version, and the different ways they appear. On nixies, he says... 
She is to be seen sitting in the sun, combing her long hair, or emerging from the waves with the upper half of her body, which is exceedingly beautiful. The lower part, as with sirens, is said to consist of a fish-like tail, but this feature is not essential, and likely not truly German, for we have never heard of a tailed nix, and even the nixie, when she comes on shore among men, is shaped and attired like the daughters of men, being recognised only by the wet skirt of her dress and the wet tips of her apron. So he's describing a mermaid. They are related to mermaids, yeah. yeah. So I think in some myths they do have fishtail, but more often than not, as he says, it's likely not truly German. This, the, right. In Germany, yeah. they are, look like people. Okay. And you can spot a Nixie, yeah. probably you know, when she's in church, because the hem of her dress is wet. Because she's just got out of the water. She's a water sprite. Ah, interesting. Jakob continues. Okay. So about, you know, what, what they get up to, what they're like. Yeah. Dancing, song, and music are the delight of all water sprites, as they are of elves. Like the sirens, the Nixie, by her song, draws listening youth to herself and then into the deep. He then talks about the Swedish Stromkarl and also the Norwegian Fosgrim, who supposedly can teach you to play the fiddle. So that's another type of uh, water sprite. Yeah. Although Christianity pronounces the old water sprites diabolic beings, yet the common people retain a certain awe and reverence and have not quite given up all faith in their power and influence. To this day, when people are drowned in a river, it is common to say, the river sprite demands his yearly victim. This points to the actual human sacrifices offered to the Nix in far-off heathen times. On the whole, there runs through the stories of water sprites a vein of cruelty and bloodthirstiness, which is not easily found among demons of mountains, woods, and homes. So you're saying they're particularly nasty variety? So, yeah, so although they can teach you the fiddle... Uh, on the whole, they're more nasty than other sprites and elves. However, he also talks about how when people speak of going to the Nixie's home to mean drowning, right. it could also have a caring connotation. So if someone drowns, you say they're going to stay with the Nix. As in they're in a better place. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it from Jacob. I hope okay. he hasn't confused you. No. To put it simply, they're a kind of water sprite. And like elves, they're not always evil, but often they lure you to your doom, and they're more commonly nasty than other types of uh, spirits. Yeah. They live in water and are, and they like music. Do you think the water nixie actually sort of tempted them down the well? Maybe they fell in under the spell of some excellent loop playing or something. <laughs> well, possibly. I mean, we can, we can, we can we add can some little details. <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you're telling this at your local pub, Adam... You can add that little, sprinkle that little detail. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this, this does make me think of, there is a kids' TV show from years ago, from the 90s when we were growing up. I don't know if you remember it or not. It was a weird one called Round the Twist. Do you remember Ye- that I remember show. the song. So there was an episode, I didn't really watch it, but I remember watching one episode in which one of the kids... In this, because it's like a weird family where weird stuff happens. I don't remember. One of the kids is haunted by a water sprite, <gasps> and it like it keeps it can't get away from it because it's like in all water everywhere. Like it goes to the bathroom, it's in the toilets, in the river, it's in the kitchen sink, oh it's in a, a bottle of fizz, fizzy drink. Like it, it's it can't escape this water sprite. And that affected you as a kid, like you remember. I was it was freaked out because I was thinking, if, if that happened, how would you get away from it? I'm just looking at round the twist fandom wiki. Okay. 
Yeah, it was in the episode Little Squirt. That doesn't ring too many bells, but that, yeah, that is it. That's the one. <laughs> That's amazing. There you go. And that stayed with you. It okay. did, from all those years ago. So from, as Jacob Grimm says there, he suggests that possibly saying the yearly the victim. victim is being demanded yeah. uh, points to actual human sacrifices mm. in a much older period. That ends up being in the kids' show round the twist in the 90s. <laughs> That's where that myth ends. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Wow, I didn't know you were already acquainted with water sprites, Adam. I totally forgotten I was, to be honest. <laughs> They're connected to all other types of water creatures, too. So there are lots of different types of water sprites. You've got the Kelpie in Scotland. Yes. Another one you might be familiar with. Um, yeah, I've heard of the Kelpie. A shape-shifting water spirit, which often takes the form of a horse. Yep. Uh, you've also got sirens or mermaids from yep. ancient Greece. Grindylo, Mero, any type of the slightly scary water spirit iterations. They all kind of belong to the same family. Yeah. The Nixie belongs to Germanic culture in different uh, variations. So you've got the Nix and Nixie in Germany. Mm-hmm. You've got the Nicker and Necker, that's Dutch. And Danish is the knock. In England, there is the knucker. So you wait, you've got nick, neck, knock, and knucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's yeah. just the language just slightly yeah. alters. The knucker is commonly depicted as a dragon or worm, and it seems to have lost its connection to the humanoid version. It's just a creature. Local reference, Adam. Near where we're from, in Sussex, uh-huh. near Arundel, yep. is a place called Knucker Hole where the legend of a water dragon has survived to this day. Oh, wow. The local church even has stained glass windows displaying the knucker and the story of how it was slain. Wow. You can go visit. We should do a grim day out. We definitely should do. A little bit of local mythology. (laughs) The first mention in Germany of the Nixie is in the epic Nibel Ungenlied, which mentions Nix in connection with the Danube as early as the 12th century. Oh, right. Uh, the Brothers Grimm love the Nixies. They also mention them in some of the legends they collected mm-hmm. in their book, German Legends. And there's another fairy tale in volume two. Story number 181, The Nixie in the Pond. Ooh. So we'll be hearing another Nixie tale. Another Nixie. Now, I know, I know I've been sort of dishing out a lot of extra stories for you recently. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there aren't many stories about... Nixie that okay. I found more local legends about you know a local river where there is a sure. Nixie that lived. I did find some cracking good stories along the lines of water sprites marrying humans, so that's you know like that's a mermaid, weird. little yeah. mermaid, that kind of thing. Okay. But we'll come across a grim story of that sort in due course, so we're going to have to save those stories, oh. and we're going to have to leave the Nixie there. I'm afraid. What a shame! Down the well. Down the well for another time. I guess then that leads us on to scores. Yeah, scores. So, so we've looked into elves. In the we had a big sure. look into elves. This one I haven't I haven't made it quite so epic. The well, historical yeah, journey. Yeah, because it's a bit more niche, isn't it? Elves are quite general. Sp- yeah, that was um, the whole issue with the, like. It's so niche. There's not much mm. to go on, mm-hmm. and the story's so short. There's not much to go on. I mean, yeah, it's definitely. pretty linear, and it. It's over before it's begun, I think. To me, it felt like Nixie are, are from myth, myth and legend, 
So it's perhaps more suited to that. Like it's just in this fairy tale book because it's not actually connected to anything. It's just a little weird story. Yeah. And I feel like maybe the story works better if you're already acquainted with Nixies, and perhaps if on some level you might kind of believe in them as well. If these yeah. stories were being told at a time when people did still have a belief in that, you'd instantly know what a Nixie was, and therefore the story yeah. would have a nif- another dimension. True. But for us, it was like, what? What's that? What's going on? Huh? Yeah. So it kind of yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's almost a bit like if the if volume one of the Brothers Grimm was like an album, <laughs> this would be like a hidden track. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're I just exactly a bit what like, what? What was that? <laughs> I I was like hidden tracks. I like hidden tracks. Do you well. like this hidden yeah. track? Uh, good segue into <laughs> Thanks, the scores. <laughs> um, I've got to say, it's the score time is the time to be honest, isn't it? It's not. It's not going to be that high. Okay. That's it was kind, kind of a non-event. Mm. Um, weird. Weird for sure. You do like a weird one. I do like a weird one, but just just didn't cut the mustard. Don't mm. think. After I got over the initial shock of like a hairbrush turning into a mountain of or like a hill of bristles, it was sort of like, oh yeah, oh yeah, and another one. Yeah. yeah slightly disappointing. So I think I'm going to give that a 5 out of 10. Okay. So, th- which is fair, actually. Let's not distort the uh, scores. That's, fi- that's halfway. That's I'd go so far as to say that's not actually even a low score. It's not actually, technically. <laughs> technically, I think you're Technically, fine. it's a medium score. Um, medium story. But I think that's fair enough. Okay. What yeah, I, I'm thinking similar. I'm along similar lines. Even though... In its defence, maybe it's not suited to a fairy tale, a Nixie. Yeah. The elves and the shoemaker managed to take the mythological creature and do something quite clever with it. So we can't let this one get off the hook. No, exactly. I think the best thing it's got going for it is the yeah insane comb and, and mirror chase. Obviously, yeah. that was good fun. That's quite cool. And I like looking into the Nixies as well. That was fun. I was thinking 5 or 5.5. 5. Mm-hmm. I think 5 for a yeah. nice round 10. I think that's fair. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. T- 10 out of 20 then. 10 out of 20. Lovely. For the water nixie. <laughs> now you know what a water nixie is. That's all you wanted from this Basically, episode. yeah. That's all you wanted. Yep, I've come away with that knowledge, so I'm happy in that regard. Way back in Sweetheart Roland, yes, we sent out the call because we felt we were on slightly uh, dangerous territory. What do people think about sexism in fairy tales? Yeah, and we sent out the call. And <laughs> <laughs> we did, and we did get some responses. And I think we were trying to save them for a really good sexist story. Yeah, but one never came along. You know, so I think it's probably about time. We hear some thoughts on sex and exactly. Exactly. So we got a message from Brian Johnson that says, I think the fairy tales can be classified as sexist depending on the archetype and the context of the time the tale was told orally and later recorded. There are countless fairy tales that involve women working their way out of undesirable situations with little intervention from male characters. Unfortunately, there are just as many stories where most of the actions of the heroine are dictated by a male figure 
or a female character is treated as a reward for a male protagonist. Keep in mind, my opinion probably isn't as important as the opinion of your female listeners. Hmm. Well, I appreciate your thoughts, and I, I yeah. tend to agree. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. it's always a bit, uh, particularly that the, the female character being treated as a reward for a male protagonist, it always feels a yeah. bit icky, doesn't it? It doesn't quite feel yeah. right. But also, yeah, I agree that it, it depends on what's happening in the story yes. as well, because... That was kind of your point. I think, yeah, before exactly. in the episode. We see things that are clearly sexist, but then we see other things that are clearly empowering. Yeah. So, it, uh, yeah, it's just not, it's not black and white. But, yeah, thank you, Brian, for that. Yeah, thanks for that amazing message. Um, just to say, Brian has released his own new fairy tale podcast. Yes, inspired by Grim Reading. It's called Blue Belt Podcast, yes. and he reads... Norwegian fairy tales from Abjornsen and Mo. Yes, who we encountered with the cat on the Dovrefell yeah. in the Christmas episode in 2018. Yes, and also in our Patreon-only Christmas episode. The mill that grinds at the bottom oh, of the sea. So good. Classic tale. But yeah, that's so cool. And Exciting. Yeah, if you're, if you're interested in that, Blue Belt Podcast. Yeah, look that up. You should be able to find that and uh, increase your uh, fairy tale fix. And thank you for the message, Brian. Yeah, that's lovely. So we also heard from Rob of Totalis Rankium, the Totalis Rankium podcast. I would assume that most of you are familiar with that, but if you're not, please check it out. And he is a teacher here in the UK. By day. So he posed the question that we posed in the the episode to his class and sent us some of the responses. And who better to hear from on this subject than some 11-year-old girls. So don't take this from us. Take it from them. Here's what some of them had to say. In my opinion, the Brothers Grimm fairy tales could be considered sexist. In the story, the main character, who is a girl, is not named by the story and instead has been named by her love, Roland, and is called Sweetheart Roland, even though he was the only male character in the story. The main character and all the female characters aren't named, only Roland. <laughs> it's a fair point. That is a great point, and one we didn't even pick up <laughs> no, on. I know. <laughs> it's, it's named after Roland, and the main character, the girl, doesn't even have a name. <laughs> good, good point. Yeah, excellent point. Uh, someone else says, in the story Sweetheart Roland, why do all the female characters not have a name, especially the main character? The How did we point. not pick up we on this at the time? It's a pretty key point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> as well as this, why was the story named after a boy, Roland, but the main character was clearly a girl? And why do the girls all have the housework in a fairy tale, like Cinderella? Well, we may be coming to that. Therefore... I believe that most fairy tales are sexist. Oh, damning. There are, however, some good fairy tales that aren't sexist. E.g. The Iron Stove, which we haven't heard yet, Hansel and Gretel, etc. They show that females can be independent and can think for themselves. Excellent example. I mean, Gretel is is very much the, the heroine of that story. Absolutely. So, yeah, good point. Excellent. Oh, they're on fire. <laughs> I was definitely not this clever when I was 11. No, I don't know. <laughs> if you gave me no that, that as homework, I don't know what. <laughs> I would just be like, what? Yeah. I'd just be like playing with dinosaur toys <laughs> I would literally when I was be 11. Doing that. And it's sad to say, but even today, I look at their handwriting and think that's still better than mine. <laughs> it's actually true. Not even well. exaggerating. So there we go. <laughs> Smart class. Um, 
So an, another response uh, reads thus. In my opinion, the Brother Grimm fairy tales could be considered sexist even if it may not have been purposely. Mm. So uh, maybe slightly letting them off the hook. In this story, even though Roland was the man who left the young girl for another girl, it is said as the young woman lured him. Yeah, he she was ensnared by another, I think. Exactly. Yes, exactly. It's her fault. I also despise the fact that the story is named after Roland, <laughs> that the girl is obviously the main character. However, she doesn't even have a name, making the same point. <laughs> yeah. Yet again, just to hammer home the fact that we didn't even pick that up. <laughs> In other Brother Grimm stories, the man is the strong, muscly hero, especially in the story of how six men got on yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Just like in this story, Cinderella is forced to do all sorts of stuff. And in Snow White, where she has to do chores to gain stuff that she should have rights to anyways. Wow. I mean, that's a damning, <laughs> damning indictment. That is, yeah. Rob is, Rob is clearly a top teacher, because that is yes. a smart class. Yeah, very day. smart class. Picking up on things... Uh, quite key things that we didn't even pick up on. Absolutely, yeah. And I think the probably, mm. would you say, almost unanimous consensus there? In Sweetheart Roland, I kind of tried to present a positive and negative for Sweetheart Roland, and then sure. we, t we talked in general about the Brothers Grimm. And I yeah. think they are categorically saying Sweetheart Roland is sexist, yeah. but it's a little more nuanced in other Brothers Grimm stories. Yeah. And just to say as well, so Rob reads his class. He's been reading his class, The Brothers Grimm yes. Tales, and they've been sort of ranking them as well, kind of like we do. It's amazing. They've got a great sort of scale. On one axis, mm. they've got kind of grim to fun. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and then they've got on the other axis a kind of bad to good in terms of quality yeah. of story. Much more sophisticated than us. Way <laughs> more sophisticated. <laughs> These kids. Wow. Well, it's been fun. It has. It's been a been joy. A it's been a blast. I will be seeing you shortly. Yes. For the gold children. Oh. Ooh. I cannot wait to see what's in that. What do you think? What do you, any ideas what might be happening in there? Golden children. Damn it, Adam. Spoilers. We <laughs> talked about this. Well, I haven't got beyond the golden children. I'm just intrigued. Okay. I guess I'll see you then. See you then. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on podbean at podbean.com slash grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grand.